0: Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We're glad you joined us today. We're located in Collinsville, Virginia. At Smith Memorial, our motto is simple Follow Jesus. We'd like to encourage you to check us out online, www.smithmemorialumc.com. There you can find out more information about us, opportunities to serve, and ways to support this ministry through giving. We pray that God would add blessing this day to the hearing and the doing. God's Word. Our scriptures today come from Isaiah chapter 60, um, beginning in verse 1. We have two readings today. Isaiah the prophet says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, for darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. Y'all ever felt like that? Guess what? Everybody read this next sentence with me. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Right, you don't have to read anymore. Lift up your eyes and look around. There they all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you and the wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah and all of Sheba shall come they shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord I'm going to invite you as you're able we're doing our calisthenics today if you would stand in honor of our gospel lesson today on this epiphany Sunday we celebrate the visit of the magi Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Merciful God, You have called me, a sinner, saved by Your grace, to meditate and to speak upon Your words for us today. Place the cross before me, let none see me but You and Your grace alone. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Anybody ever, did anybody get a Christmas card that had some wise men on it? Anybody get one of those? They're always so cute, aren't they? They're like these little colorful little dudes, right? There's three of them. They got a little camel with them in most pictures. Or there'll be three of them, and they got these little boxes, and they just walk around. And The challenging thing is that the image of these wise men The image of the wise men of the Christmas cards and and the image of the the wise men of the Christmas pageant. You remember those little cute little wise men we had at our, our Christmas play? Those Christmas card wise men and those Christmas pageant wise men are a lot different than what we have in the scriptures. Typically what we see when we think about the wise men is is we see the wise men paying homage to this baby Jesus and offering him gifts. We see three men wearing crowns and flowing robes. And what we assume is that these are just three smart dudes wandering around, waiting for the star to tell them where the baby Jesus would be at. But the evangelist Matthew does not even say that these are three men. It doesn't say that these are three kings. The the original Greek doesn't even say wise men. The biggest surprise, perhaps, is that for Matthew, these these people who who came to visit the Christ child are not even Jewish. These are not Jewish men that happen to live in in some different area that that make the pilgrimage to to come see their Jewish Messiah. What they are is magi. They're magi. In Greek, the the term that you see right there where it says wise men in some of your your scripture readings or or on the screen today when you saw that said wise men, the the Greek, it says magoi. Magoi. Which which means something comparable to like Merlin or, or Severus Snape from Harry Potter or Gandalf the Great from the Lord of the Rings. It's magi. They're magicians. In Jesus' day, these magicians, also known as sorcerers, from the east were probably Zoroastrian priests. That's a funny word. Zoroastrians. Th- these people were neither kings nor wise men. Maybe they they earned the title wise men because of their skills of interpreting dreams and understanding astrology. But these were people that that you would probably consider weird today. These are the people when you're driving down the road and you see the little sign that says terror card readings, right? Palm reading. The people that put their whole life into reading the daily horoscope. There might be some of you. Some of you are really good Zoroastrians. These people, these, these wanderers from the east were well known for telling fortunes, preparing daily horoscopes, predicting the future by the signs that are around them. These people are not Jews. Coming to worship a Jewish king. You see the primary prophet for Zoroastrianism. Was a prophet named Zoroaster. And Zoroastrians believe that. That, that Zoroaster was. Miraculously conceived. In the womb of a 15 year old Persian virgin. Like Jesus. Zoroaster started his ministry at the age of 30. After he defeated all of Satan's temptations. He. Zoaster predicts that other virgins would conceive additional divinely appointed prophets as history unfolded. Zoroastrian priests believed that they could foretell these miraculous births by reading the stars. You see, like the Jews, Zoroastrian priests were anticipating the birth of a savior. You see, these these wise men. These wise men are not Jewish mystics. If anything, they're pagans. Think about this. They're pagans. I want you all to say that with me. Pagan. Pagans, okay? You gotta get that picture in your head. Otherwise, you're left with the cute little kids that were up here with their... You see, pagans are historically considered to be the antithesis of Christianity. Pagans was a a derogatory term along with heathen that was was kind of an overshadowing term for anyone who did not follow Judeo-Christian values. They were pagans. Paul, when he gives this long list of people that are outsiders of the faith, when he gives this long list of people that are are deriding the faith, when he gives this long list of people such as fornicators, liars, thieves, do you know what else he puts in there? The Magoi. The sorcerers. In the Old Testament, the the Magoi, the sorcerers, were considered to be people who were to be killed. To not trust it. And yet, here is Matthew saying that when Christ is born, there comes some sorcerers, some magi, some pagans from the east. And they show up to Jerusalem looking for the Christ child. And all of the Jewish uh, uh, believers know that this is going to happen. Herod goes and he doesn't ask the wise men, he asks them. He asks the Jewish priests, he says, where is the Savior going to be born? And they said, oh, over here in Bethlehem in Judea, that's where it's going to happen at. But do they go and worship? No. Matthew tells us that amongst the very first people to come to Christ are pagan worshipers. The evangelist Matthew tells us that these Zoroastrian priests, these sorcerers, these magi, followed the star all the way to Bethlehem to Jesus' birthplace. These magi are not just great birthday party guests that bring fantastic presents. These people are theological markers. They are signposts. They are telling a great truth about this child foretold by the prophets, the child born of the Virgin Mary, the child cared for from Joseph of Bethlehem. uh, Matthew presents these magi these pagans, as vessels to tell the world that Jesus is the expected King of the Jews, but also the Gentile. That this child is the King of the faithful, and whether we like it or not, and of the pagan. You see, oftentimes we don't see this phenomenon in the story of the Magi's visit. You see, since we live on this side of the resurrection, in a primarily Christian culture, we assume that Christians are people who follow Jesus, while pagans are the ruthless folks that, de- that need a desperate bath of holy baptism. We assume that we are the ones that are in power and everyone else is against us. But the story of the Magi is not just their story. It's our story. Our story is one in which all of us Start off as outsiders. All of us start off as people who are pagan. And we are only brought in by the generous gift of grace. You see, one is not simply a Christian by birth. That's not how it works for us. We don't grow through birth. Christianity grows through what? Conversion. If you are Jewish, when you are born, you are what? Jewish. When you are Christian, And you are born, you are what? Pagan. You are an outsider. You are an outsider. And the way that you become an insider to the faith is what? Through baptism and through affirmation of faith. It's the reason why we baptize our infants. Because what we are saying is that you, though you have been born on the outside, Christ has welcomed you in. And as you are welcomed in, this church is going to walk with you each and every single day until that moment in which you affirm the faith for yourself through conversion. That's how we make Christians. All of us start off as the magi. We may not be casting spells, but we start off outside. But in our culture today, we've lost that. We assume that somehow because we are Christians, we are in places of power and of privilege. But the reality is is that all of us start off here and we are welcomed in by grace to get here. That's how the story works. That's the story of the Magi. We start as outsiders. Not a single one of us not a single one of us started in a place of privilege and power. We are simply a people converted by the provenience of our own star. The star is Jesus, the risen Christ, who draws all people and all nations to Himself. You are a pagan who by grace through faith has been saved. And all the pagans said, Amen. Amen.